welcome to the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hogan. As someone who grew up in a pretty scarce environment and came out of college with a lot of debt, stuff, and insecurity, I thought that was just the lot I had to deal with in life. After several years of this, I decided that there had to be another way and gave away over half of my stuff, started working on my debt, and began looking at things through a lens that focused on my values and not what I thought others thought I should be doing. This podcast is all about the journey that happens from wanting to wealthy, and I'm so glad you decided to be part of it. Thank you to all of my current and future Patreon supporters. Patreon tiers start as little as a dollar a month, and depending on the tier you choose, you can get discounts to upcoming events and workshops, as well as being part of the community of individuals and families working to change their money story through actions, support, and accountability. If you're ready to become a Patreon member, go to patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. This month's podcast guest is Liesl Harrison. Her name comes from the oldest daughter in the movie, The Sound of Music. She's from Oregon, lives in Portland, and she's married to the man she met in sixth grade who works as an ER travel nurse. Her average day looks like raising kind, fun, strong women in her seven and four-year-old daughters. She originally became a a Seiko Designs Fellow now called a Noonday Ambassador, because one, she wanted to share and contribute to the mission of contributing to something bigger than herself in the realm of women's education and dignified jobs in developing countries. Two, to take advantage of the amazing discounts and fair trade products. And three, to earn an income while staying at home with her girls. Now, Because she's an impact entrepreneur, she gets to share her love for slow fashion and stories behind the fashion makers, work alongside amazing artisans around the world and in the States, and truly feel like she is part of building women up, not comparing. Plus, she is slowly building her own fair trade wardrobe and feeling pretty good about the tangible difference she's contributing every day. Noonday is a one-stop fair trade fashion shop focused on igniting change for both people and the planet. They are co-creating a brighter world alongside artisan partners in 15 countries across, across the globe. They get to partner to provide dignified fair wage jobs and university education for the brightest female scholars in East Africa. Together, they are brave, bold, and gritty. Welcome, Liesl. Thank you so much for joining me and um, being a part of my podcast. Um, Let's start with you just telling us about yourself and your business. Okay. Uh, My name is Liesl from uh, The Sound of Music. (laughs) Um, And I am a stay-at-home mom. I was a, a speech therapist working um, professionally for 10 years. And then when I had uh, my first daughter, I decided to stay at home. My husband and I decided I would stay at home. Um, And then I had a second daughter. So I have a a seven-year-old and a Mm four-year-old. And and now I work with a socially conscious 
fashion and lifestyle brand called Seiko, although it's merging with another fair trade, socially conscious brand, Noonday. Um, so I will be a Noonday ambassador um, and really um, talking about sharing, styling, selling fair trade and socially conscious um, products. Can you explain what fair trade and socially conscious is? Yeah, so fair trade and socially conscious um, really just means the way that something is produced and how the maker of the product is treated um, during its production. Mm -hmm. um, so it's somebody who's who's making a, a living wage um, in their respective country. Mm -hmm. um, and then the way that it's, it's uh, traded to or um, purchased um, is going to be providing the, um, um, the wages for the person. So, um, so you're making sure that your item that you're, you're buying is not being made by somebody who's only earning a dollar a day or being treated really poorly in their workplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is unfortunately super common in, in the fast fashion industry. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I'll link the other podcast episodes, but I have talked about, um, working with more socially conscious, uh, um, products. So what's the difference, um, in, in quality? And I like to do like where per cost of a socially mm -hmm. conscious product versus say a fast fashion product. Yeah. So you're really, I mean, you, you're getting what you pay for. Typically, when you buy something that is uh, made socially conscious or fair trade with those practices, mm -hmm. um, you're usually getting something that is handmade mm -hmm. or um, has taking the time to really look into the materials of your product. So is it um, is it something that's um, better for our environment <laughs> and and not something that's just going to fall apart after you know one wash mm -hmm. so it's really taking into the the materials that it, it's made out of and um how it's being made how it, something is being sewn together um and and really making sure that everything um is made in a way that's not going to fall apart <laughs> the mm -hmm. first time you wear it or wash mm -hmm. it. Um, and so when you look at the cost per item, uh, maybe you're paying $5 for a t-shirt and it's, it's really cheap at, in the moment, but then you're only going to have maybe one or two wears out of it. Um, whereas if you purchase a t-shirt that's maybe 40 or $50, um, but it's made with socially conscious, um, uh, or thinking about it in a socially conscious way from the materials to the, the maker. Mm -hmm. um, it's really something that's going to last you mm -hmm. much longer <laughs> than one or two washes. And then in the long run, um, you're going to see that um, mm -hmm. cost effectiveness in your wallet. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there's nothing saying that you can't go for like sales. Cause like I got yes. a purse from you that I looked up and the original cost of the purse was, uh, like $190, but wow. I bought it for $90 from you. And it was, I believe a show item you had. So it yeah. was used quote unquote, nobody can tell it was handcrafted and, and this purse is going to last me for years and years and years. Yes. 
versus buying a $10 purse that I have to buy a new one every few months. Yeah. I always think of that too, like, um, thinking about, um, shopping in a more socially conscious way, like Mm -hmm. shop your own closet first. What do you already have? What can you, um, what can you revamp or put together Mm -hmm. in new ways? Mm -hmm. Um, shopping consignment stores or thrift stores, um, and making sure that, uh, that you're purchasing an item that's not making it into a landfill just because it's, it's maybe not brand new. Although Mm -hmm. lots of times, when you see something in a consignment or thrift shop, it still has the brand new tags on it. (laughs) So, um, uh, yeah, just making sure that, um, that your items aren't, aren't ending up in a landfill and it, what is somebody else's, um, not trash, but it could be your treasure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, Uh, or somebody else's, it's not their style anymore. Yeah, it's not their style anymore. Um, yeah, or maybe their body's changed and now they need to wear different clothes or choose to wear different clothes. Yeah, exactly. I know I got new things after I had my son, my body changed and yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate too. Um, that's one thing that, um, Seiko clothing takes into account as far as, uh, being sustainable mm-hmm. and socially conscious is really making fits to not just fit one, uh, one size mm-hmm. you maybe got three sizes of pants mm-hmm. that are available um but they fit from sizes two to 24 wow. <laughs> so that yeah. um you're buying one pair of pants but it's going to last you a, a really long time mm-hmm. as you maybe fluctuate different mm-hmm. sizes mm-hmm. yeah and um i know on the the sandals that Seiko sells I like that you have the sandals with the ribbons where you can change out the not only the style and pattern of the ribbons but also the colors and stuff so Mm -hmm. you're buying one shoe yeah but it's got all these different applications and uses yeah yeah you have you then the the sandal that I originally bought five summers ago I Mm -hmm. still have that one sandal and I might buy like one or two sometimes three depending on uh, which patterns are out for the season that Mm -hmm. I really really like um but then you're I'm not having to buy a new pair of shoes every Mm -hmm. single Mm -hmm. season um which again cost effectiveness of uh the quality of product that Mm -hmm. you're buying and it takes up less space in your closet too yes and traveling too Mm -hmm. traveling (laughs) yes yeah yeah. Um, and closet and traveling can have other long-term kind of ripple effects in your, in your budget, because you might not need as much space to store your clothes, or you might not need as much, um, you might not need a, a check bag when you could do a carry-on bag, because now you've got less stuff you're yeah. bringing with more options, if you want that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So how, um, so I can kind of hear it, but I'd love for you to say it. What, why are you so passionate about your business? <laughs> um, well, I, the, the way that I started or when I first heard about Seiko and how connected they are to, um, females, higher education, mm-hmm. um, I, it made me want to look more into the company and the fact that I could, I could buy something and fashion is always something that I've really, really loved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, uh, but the way that I could be spending my money and 
continuing to um to buy into the fashion that I loved mm-hmm. um but also support something that's bigger than me that's uh that's really contributing to something in a way that's not causing more harm mm-hmm. so you said uh women in ed- in higher education is there a mis- mission associated with Seiko about that um, it's, yes, it's a mission and impact. So there's, and I mean, it's multifaceted. So there's, um, when you purchase Seiko or it will be noonday, uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's contributing to higher education for women in East Africa and dignified jobs for women and men, um, different artisan partners in, I think like 15 different countries different artists and partners around the world. That's awesome. That's really awesome. And the ripple effect that goes along with that into their families and their generations is huge. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of stories of um, women who have been through the scholarship program with Seiko mm-hmm. who have then finished uh, college and opened up their own business um, or gotten into the workforce and then uh, with the savings that they are creating through their their jobs then they're paying for their sisters or cousins or brothers to then go to college as well that's awesome that 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 is a very cool ripple effect that you then get to see and we can only imagine how long that ripple will continue to go because Seiko's how old is Seiko Seiko just turned 13. So 13. So we haven't even seen hardly a a complete generation of Mm -hmm. the impact and how that's going to ripple forward. Yeah, it started with three women, Uh (laughs) three women um, going to or being able to pay for university. Mm -hmm. Um, And in 13 years, it's been over 200. So it'll just keep growing and growing. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And um, Noonday has similar missions, correct? Yes. Uh, the women's education is something new Uh for them. Um, but they have been working with artisan partners also, I think for 13 years or close Mm -hmm. to 13 years. Mm -hmm. So, um, providing dignified jobs, um, and, and really sharing the artistry of the items that are being created, Mm -hmm. um, so that that's all provided within uh, the items that they are selling as well. Mm-hmm. And is Noonday, do I remember reading correctly that they are a B Corp? They are a B Corp. Yeah. Okay. B Corp is a um, certification that corporations can get that say that they're committing to sustainability. Um, throughout their entire process. So not only um, their employees, but how things are made and so on and so forth. Um, So other companies you might think of are like um, Tom's uh, Toothpaste and I believe Patagonia is a B Corp and stuff like that. So it's this extra tier of impact to sustainability and commitment to sustainability that these companies are working with to make sure that they are helping the environment. Yeah. So it's, it's a really cool, um, commitment that the company makes, um, to, to the, the planet. Yeah. So nice (laughs) as a consumer too, to see certifications Mm -hmm. like that, because it makes shopping then so much easier (laughs) Yes. that you're, it's the research 
behind shopping. It, it just, it's really hard to tell who's telling the truth and really, and where your items are coming from and exactly how they're being made. But when you have these certifications or um, I know Seiko and Noonday are both fair trade federation mm-hmm. verified. Yeah. Um, it just, it, it makes it easier to, um, to really trust a, a company and what they're doing and, um, and how they're treating their workers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The transparency that, that makes it easy to, to know that, you're supporting a good cause and not just what they tell you that they're doing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so how do you think that Seiko slash Noonday has really um, influenced the fashion industry? Um, I think they've really influenced the fashion industry by having so many um, ambassadors or, or fellows mm-hmm. Talking about more in the fashion industry mm-hmm. and sharing more about it. I, um, I, I like I kind of knew um, before before really diving in with Seiko, um, but but to know things about Rana Plaza um, and um, and how I think that this was I think it was in two thousand three mm-hmm. um, in Bangladesh that um, garment workers saw cracks in the building that they were working in, Rana Plaza, mm-hmm. um, and were made to stay and continue working and it collapsed and killed over a thousand people. Um, I, I didn't really know about stories like that or more stories like that in the in the garment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that companies like Seiko and Noonday not only aren't following those kinds of practices, but getting more people to talk about it and share about it so that it's, um, so that more people know about them. Absolutely. Have you ever watched the documentary, The True Cost? Yes. Yes. A couple of times. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I've spoken about it before on the podcast. Um, The, the, it really gives you that dive into the fashion, the fast fashion industry and how much we've shifted in a consumer society post-World War II where we were, you know, making and repairing our clothes versus going from that to four seasons to 52 seasons. And it's that buy, 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 buy mentality. And a lot of us can't buy a hundred items, a hundred dollars worth of items every single week, but we might be able to do that once a month and have these really good, um, multi-use. That's the other thing I really have enjoyed with your, uh, reels on TikTok or excuse me, on, uh, Instagram is you showing the different ways you can use the same item yeah. to create different looks. Yeah. I think that's super important for what you, what you're choosing to purchase. Mm-hmm. You do, you you have to know that you don't have just one way to wear it or use it. Yeah, that was one thing that we really got out of um, the early 2000s, like what not to wear. Yeah. Is that you buy these these better quality pieces and then you can wear them in, dress them up, dress them down, make these changes. Um, last October, I did a minimalist wardrobe, capsule wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I did 30 days with 30 items and some of the items I didn't use at all and I thought I would. And some of the items I used a ton and it wasn't something that I used regularly before. And now I wear all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've done those before too. (laughs) Yeah. Just getting to explore. I know one of the things that I saw you do in December with the skirts. Can you talk about that? 
Um, I do uh, dress Denver. Yes, that's it. So uh, Dress Denver is uh, is an organization. They're a nonprofit organization that works to educate um, and fundraise and combat uh, human trafficking or mm-hmm. um, or human slavery. Mm-hmm. Um, and so through the whole month of December, as a as an advocate for for them, uh, I wear a dress every day of December. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it like and I don't wear dresses all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, plus I don't have 30 different dresses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so to kind of go through my closet and, you know, pick out different ways to style them and style uh, the same dress from year to year as well. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm also not getting 30 dresses, 30 new dresses every single year. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. that's what I remember seeing on, on, um, your stories on Instagram was that, you might be wearing the same dress a few times, but they weren't just styled the exact same way. Yeah. And that just goes to that sustainability piece yeah. while yeah. getting to help a good, a good cause. And yeah. And that's not, I mean, that's just me personally and how I'm choosing to, to use dresses in that way. Mm-hmm. There are some people that maybe pick one dress Mm-hmm. And they wear that one dress all 30 days, maybe style it differently, or maybe pick out like five dresses mm-hmm. and they're just going to kind of rotate through that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a really fun cause. It's a, a way of making wearing a dress where in a lot of places like in Oregon, it's cold <laughs> to mm-hmm. wear a dress in December. Yeah. Um, but really showcasing how you can have fun with something while at the same time, really making an impact globally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so talking about making an impact, how has your business really influenced the flow of money, not only for your household, but maybe for, for other, um, uh, makers and designers that you've worked with? Um, well, for me personally, you know, it's a, it's a big transition when you go from, um, <laughs> working for a, a monetary paycheck mm-hmm. to being a, a stay-at-home parent. Yes. Um, and so the, one of the biggest things for me, like, like I said before, I, I, I honestly love fashion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, one of the things that my business has done for me is still give me a way to um, purchase the things that I really enjoy and, mm-hmm. um, and showcasing and, um, but without it coming just from our now one paycheck household. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I, uh, so that, I, I guess that's the biggest one for me, mm-hmm. um, for our, for our artisan partners. I mean, it's, um, it, it it's a livelihood kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's doing what you love, what, what artistry has usually been passed down from generations, mm-hmm. um, and still being able to make make a living, a living wage for you, for your family, mm-hmm. um, and doing something that you love, but then also, um, employing other, other women or other people around mm-hmm. your community, mm-hmm. um, and, and giving them a dignified job as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, for you, you personally and your family has, um, working with, a sustainable fashion uh, company like this changed uh, or influenced at all how much or um, what you purchase for your for your children in their uh, clothing? 
Yeah. I mean, I, um, even before knowing specifically about Seiko or New Day, um, mm -hmm. I went to resale shops and consignment shops all the time, especially yeah. for kids clothes. Yeah. Um, because I, they're meant to get dirty. I want my kids to, to play and not yeah. necessarily worry about don't get that dirty. Uh -huh. <laughs> don't, don't rip that. Um, but I also didn't want to be purchasing something new all the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it like and it in that sense, it's it's continued. I mean, as mm -hmm. far as uh, me taking things to a resale shop or a consignment shop um, or purchasing in that sense for my kids. Mm -hmm. um, and then them seeing it too. Like there's no stigma about going to the resale shop or a consignment mm -hmm. shop. It's yeah. I mean, at least at seven and four, it's not, I need this name brand kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm hoping that, uh, that starting them out this way will, will continue into later ages. Well, I think that, um, at least when I was growing up, like if you went to the thrift store you were like poor and I think yeah. we've kind of shifted that in our culture over the last 10 or 15 years that now it's it is more about sustainability than whether or not you look poor quote I'm using air quotes yeah. um because it's it we did it because we couldn't afford to do anything else yeah. but I'm really glad that we did it because we inadvertently influence that sustainability piece as opposed to buying the fast fashion yeah yeah and really like really talking about the why behind mm -hmm. it it's yeah uh i think even as young as a young kid you can understand the why you're purchasing mm -hmm. this this way or um why we're not just sending our clothes to a landfill or mm -hmm. why we take the time to really look at something and if it can be if it's nice enough to donate Mm -hmm. then donate it if it's not then it becomes a a rag in the in the garage yeah yeah and some programs that exist i know um saint vincent down here um will take clothes that have stains and holes and stuff and they actually use it for insulation in mm -hmm. um in homes um in other countries and uh wilco farm store it's a co-op in mm -hmm. oregon um in july does a jeans recycling program yes i i heard about jeans being made into insulation mm -hmm. yeah so you can literally bring your jeans and you're not it's it's taking that one step further and not just going oh well i can't use this or it's stained, so I'm just going to throw it in the trash, but maybe we use it as rags. And I, I do that with t-shirts yeah. all the time, paint yeah. rags and stuff. Or yeah. maybe we we donate it, donate it, knowing that it's going to end up as insulation or something like that. Yeah. Um, shoes. Yeah. Shoes is another one, especially tennis shoes. Um, if you can get it into the right recycling program, they use it for um, playground yeah. mats and tires um i have horses they've used it for horse arena footing like one of the first times yeah. i got to use it that it was um a program that nike was doing where they'd recycle their shoes mix it with hogs fuel and then put it in arenas yeah 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 i love learning about new like new companies or what they're mm -hmm. doing or what kind of innovations are happening um and that really like I have immersed myself now in it, knowing more about Seiko mm -hmm. and Seiko has just opened this, this window in my mind of, 
of researching all these other companies and ways, other ways that we can be spending our money or, mm-hmm. um, or being more conscious about our consumerism. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So um, that's a good transition point for, would you mind telling us what your um, money story is? Uh, yeah. And I, I <laughs> think that I wrote down some notes too. Okay. Um, that just, I, I just honestly have become more conscious about my own money mm-hmm. and really understanding that every time you are spending money, whether it be on fashion or food or utilities, you really are voting with your dollars. Um, and every time you choose to spend money on something, um, step back for for a second and really think about um what what am I buying who made what I'm buying what what story do they have Mm -hmm. um it just uh I think that's the biggest thing as far as what has changed in my own um thought about money or money Mm -hmm. story Mm how um have you have you talked to your children about it and how has that shifted over the time that you've been with Seiko? Uh-huh. And I, um, I think, uh, just being a mom, like, I don't know what I'm doing all the time. (laughs) Right. And so to be able to talk about these kinds of, um, things so early in life, Mm um, it just wasn't something that I was talked to about when I was a kid, not I don't know that my mom even knew, not that she wouldn't, she just didn't know. Um, so to be able to talk about, um, who's making something and the story behind it. Um, and, uh, I've even gotten some things from Seiko specifically for my kids. Like they, uh, they used to have a, um, a, a designing platform. Hopefully it'll come back, but you could design your own bag or shoes or, or home good item. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets made, made in Uganda by mm-hmm. one woman who sends a note back with it. And so making that connection for my kids on, um, what you're purchasing and who made it and the story behind that person, mm-hmm. um, I think has really made a difference for them. Plus they're in my like live videos that I'm doing all the time and, and Mm -hmm. we're talking to, to other people about it. And, um, I, I, I really, I really like involving them. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, and hopefully even if they don't talk about it a whole lot yet at four and seven, Mm -hmm. um, those are like ingrained kind of little memories that we're creating. I run under the assumption that we're teaching our children about money regardless it's either passive or active and making those steps they start to to learn it they start to learn okay we're budgeting for this item or we're or we're saving for this item we we passively or actively teach our children regardless so having those conversations even if they don't get it like in the episode that's coming out on August 1st, I talk about talking to my, my preschooler about money and, Mm -hmm. um, teaching him the difference between like buying the name brand chips versus the store brand chips. Or, um, if we're going in to purchase a mirror, like what is our criteria? Is it, is it that it's coming out of resale or that we're only going to spend $10 or, you know, and, and that daddy leaves for work every day, because we're generating money so we can pay things like our mortgage and our our electricity and putting food on our table and 
he starts to repeat those things and yeah. you kind of see it um as something something breaks we were talking about that as well um a toy that he had i said if you keep hitting with that it's plastic it's going to end up in the ocean and it could hurt animals and he, i don't want it to hurt animals is what he said but he's starting to think that next step further and i imagine your girls being a little older than him are, are doing the same thing um even as maybe this they're talking to their friends at school yeah yeah I, hopefully that's the goal right <laughs> right and that they get to learn that um is just something that they do and not something that uh at least for myself and probably for you too that we learned as adults yeah and kind of shifting the way we purchase and whatnot yeah I really want it to be just a lifestyle thing like it's mm -hmm. not it's not even something that you have to think about like it just it's just what you do right right exactly and that and that even our kids can have that ripple effect to to their friends yeah yeah do you um talk about money with your children in in other ways like budgets or allowances or anything like that yeah we do <laughs> i have something called mama bucks okay so they're, i mean they're just they're just paper money that uh -huh. i have created but they earn them for you know like following routines uh -huh. and 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 doing a lot more independent things without me having to like harp about uh -huh. it um and they can save those up we've got um so they know exactly how many mama bucks they can earn for doing different things and then what they can spend them on too so um they can save them up and uh they might spend them on like youtube time or they might save up even more and go buy a juice or something or they might um like my seven-year-old is saving up hers um and changing them into real dollars mm -hmm. <laughs> i think right now i have like five mama bucks equals one real dollar oh okay <laughs> she wants to save it up to get um like a barbie dream house or something and so uh -huh. she but so she's doing mama books but she's also doing chores we have a christmas tree farm um and so she will help out at the farm and do and do chores that are i i guess seven-year-old appropriate uh -huh. <laughs> um and saving up for things like that so that uh they really have a sense of i'm 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 working saving up my own money to uh -huh. purchase something that i really enjoy that I really work for. Yeah, and and that delayed gratification that comes with having to take the time to earn the thing first, yes. earn the money for the thing. And yes. I think that that uh, often shifts kiddos from what they think they want to what they actually want because they have to wait. Yeah. And yeah. really, really work towards that goal. That's awesome. Um, is your, so you have a Christmas tree farm, is it a family? uh farm yeah my husband's family um uh he's got two uncles and his mom all all three kids ended up with uh property and they all have christmas tree farms so <laughs> nice <laughs> and yeah, that's here in oregon uh it's a, it's in sandy nice that's awesome and so does that um you said that your daughters get to work at the farm is that an annual like an a year round thing or is it more towards the christmas season as we yeah we get into that um they work year round oh, <laughs> as okay. a farmer um yeah you're, you're working year round so mm -hmm. you're 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 trimming trees planting new trees mm -hmm. 
And then of course, uh, the, the day after Thanksgiving and like the first three weeks of December, um, then we're working with you cuts and, and things like that. And so, um, lots of times they, they will stay in the house and not really want to be, <laughs> but they get to make the choice whether oh, they're inside yeah. or outside. Yeah. Right? They get to make the choice. And if they, uh, usually in December, if it's cold or rainy or they don't necessarily want to come out as much, but then, uh, you know, springtime, summertime, <laughs> they help out a lot outside. Mm -hmm. And that's such a good um, uh, life skill for them as well, getting to be out in nature and work um, or choose whether or not to, yeah. to work and help out. Um, right. But they get to see this long process that is growing the Christmas trees that will eventually, I don't know how many years, but will eventually become a Christmas tree somebody gets to use. Yeah, they grow about a foot a year. So I guess depending okay. on how tall you want a tree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so generally probably, I would say probably if you want a Charlie Brown tree, you probably want it for like three years old. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I... I know that the Seiko and Noonday are merging, so a lot of your um, uh, contact information might be changing. But what is your contact information currently, where someone can can work with you, and how can they work with you? And then I will link uh, anything that changes into the show notes. Um, so I really think of well, I have the Noonday email for you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so the, the website is going to be Liesel, L-I-E-Z-E-L mm -hmm. underscore Harrison, H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N dot noondaycollection.com. Okay. Um, and then, uh, my email is just Liesel Harrison at Gmail. Okay. Uh, what about social media? Um, Instagram is Liesl underscore Harrison mm -hmm. and Facebook is the impactful fashionistas. It's a, that's a group. It's a group. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, really a community. I, I'm trying to make it a community between fellows and customers and then sharing lots of stories of our makers too. Yes. I really enjoy the stories of your makers in that group. Um, and and if someone wanted to do a party or what uh what do you guys call working with getting to do <laughs> yeah so i always think of um like four tiers of impact okay. Okay. so the first one you can you can be an ambassador mm -hmm. <laughs> i have to get out of the the um habit of saying fellas you can be an ambassador um and really then also share and style your own friends and community and just it grows into such a, a broader community you meet mm -hmm. so many people um so so that's the the biggest um way that you can contribute mm -hmm. the second is by being a host of a show whether it's a virtual show or if you're close to me in Portland, <laughs> where I can um, uh, share a lot of the stories of the different makers um, and just the, the mission and mission and what your dollars are contributing to. Mm -hmm. um, the third way is being a customer. So you can you can shop at any time on the website. Mm -hmm. um, you could shop, maybe you know somebody else who wants to host a show, so you could shop during their show. Mm -hmm. um, 
And then the fourth way is being a, a cheerleader. <laughs> so sharing, sharing the, the stories, the products, um, uh, anytime that I have a, a reel or a story on, you know, Instagram or Facebook or something that really touched you. Um, and you just want, you want to share it with either one person or with your whole community. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, the, my last question that I ask, um, all my, all my guests is what does wealthy mean to you? I, um, I had to look, I really wanted to look up the definition of wealthy too, because I don't always necessarily think of monetary wealth. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I, what I looked up, I, I saw words like abundance. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I think of abundance of joy is, um, is really like the, the highest form of wealth that I really think of in my life. I mean, there, there's other things too, but just that abundance of joy. Um, and then that it really stressed the possession of property and, and intrinsic value of things. Um, and and when I thought of the possession of property, like that's such a big thing that's been able to happen with our, our coworkers in Uganda. And um, because owning property as a woman is not something that, uh, that typically is happening in mm -hmm. Uganda. And, um, and just the fact that I continue to hear different stories of that, um, of that aspect of wealth happening um, because of something that I'm contributing to, too, like the, uh, like just walking one another home and really, um, the, the saying of, uh, like I am because you are, you are because I am. And just like, there's, we're empowering each other for different, um, ideas of wealth. And, um, and I, yeah, so, um, that's just some things that I, that I wrote down mm -hmm. about it. <laughs> convoluted answer of what is wealth. Everybody gives a long convoluted answer. And I can tell you, no one has ever given me a monetary value. And oh. that's what I love about this is, is that it's for those of us who are, who are, have been on my podcast, it's not a dollar value. Yeah. It's, it's what we get to do because we have access to the money and the resources and things that we have. And I remember the question I was going to ask you. Um, my question was going to be as a ambassador um do you get to meet or uh connect in a more direct way with the uh artisans yes which is so um it's one of the reasons why i love doing or, or continuing to work with with seiko and noonday um there's uh very often uh zoom calls i know with different time zones and time constraints mm -hmm. like it's it's not easy to to do um but there's lots of times where we get to zoom call with uh artists and partners um in different countries and then um rather than earning a like the incentive trips that you earn mm -hmm. <laughs> through your work mm -hmm. is going to the respective countries and really meeting the people who are making the products that you are selling and really having those connections um, between maker and seller and then the the seller being able to tell the stories to the customers mm -hmm. um and yeah so we do get we do get to meet <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and it probably um deepens your um appreciation and commitment for for the company and what is happening yeah i um i know seiko is just 
transitioning to their uh, to their merger with Noonday, and so we don't have quite the same connection um, with the coworkers that we have in our uh, manufacturing facility in Uganda. Um, but I have had the same like one-on-one -on -one connection with uh, a, another woman, Eva, for over three. It's almost four years now. Um, my kids know her picture and call her Auntie Eva and we send her letters and you know and emails I mean we send mm -hmm, emails because mm -hmm. <laughs> letters are, are kind of tricky mm -hmm. um and uh share pictures of she's got two kids and so she'll share um pictures of her kids and I share pictures of my kids and we just share mm -hmm. stories of um of being women being mothers being um being workers together in in this fashion industry that we're trying to be world changers up. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing that you get to have those connections and that your kids get to see that connection over around the world. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for being a guest on the podcast. Oh, I really, well, really, really appreciate me. it. <laughs> thank you so much for supporting myself and the Wanting to Wealthy podcast. For more free content, consider signing up for the monthly newsletter at wantingtowealthy.com slash subscribe. Please share the podcast with someone you think can get value from it and screenshot yourself listening and share it on social media. I would love it if you tag me at wanting to wealthy when you do. If you are ready to take the next step for yourself and your financial journey, become a community member at patreon.com slash wanting to wealthy. The Wanting to Wealthy podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by myself, Ashley Hogan.